Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Thursday, May 18th. I want to draw your attention to a pick on the navigation menu on the Daily Audio Torah website. It is found under Our Projects and Partners. Select Torah House Global Prayer Network. This is a call to believers throughout the nations everywhere to take a place on the wall of prayer and to raise up a standard against the rising tide of evil and lawlessness that we see in our nations and in our culture. Let me share with you from their vision statement. The Torah House is an imaginary space where we meet, each Arab Shabbat at 9 p.m. We all pray from our own location and in our own time zone. Together, we will enter into the virtual Torah House every Arab Shabbat Friday night at 9 p.m. your local time. His set-apart people will meet with Yeshua in His Torah House. Community prayer is of tremendous value because as we pray of one heart, mind, and purpose, great power is released in the heavens. We begin our prayer time with a great shofar blast and enter Yahavah's courts with praise. We come against the relentless tide of evil that is swallowing up the nations. We ask our Father to establish His Torah in our city, our region, and our nation. Each month, There is a featured prayer theme for the month so that together we can focus our prayers on the prayer theme for that month. Go to thetorahouse.com to see the prayer theme for this month. To learn more or to sign up to become a partner or a coordinator or a member, go to thetorahouse.com and find out more. Join with others throughout the nations every Friday night at 9 p.m. your local time as together we raise up a symphony of prayer to Abba Father in seeking His face and crying out to Him for the remnant to return to the God of Israel and to His great and glorious Torah. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. Today we continue the Torah portion, Bamidbar, and it means in the wilderness. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures, and for the bread Hadashah. Numbers 3, 1-32 Now these are the records of the generations of Aaron and Moses at the time when the Lord spoke with Moses on Mount Sinai. These, then, are the names of the sons of Aaron, Nadab the firstborn, and Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar. These are the names of the sons of Aaron, the anointed priests whom he ordained to serve as priests. But Nadab and Abihu died before the Lord when they offered strange fire before the Lord in the wilderness of Sinai, 
and they had no children. So Eleazar and Ithamar served as priests in the lifetime of their father Aaron. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Bring the tribe of Levi near, and set them before Aaron the priest, that they may serve him. They shall perform the duties for him and for the whole congregation before the tent of meeting, to do the service of the tabernacle. They shall also keep all the furnishings of the tent of meeting, along with the duties of the sons of Israel, to do the service of the tabernacle. You shall thus give the Levites to Aaron and to his sons. They are wholly given to him from among the sons of Israel. So you shall appoint Aaron and his sons, that they may keep their priesthood. But the layman who comes near shall be put to death. Again the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Now behold, I have taken the Levites from among the sons of Israel instead of every firstborn, the first issue of the womb among the sons of Israel. So the Levites shall be mine. For all the firstborn are mine. On the day that I struck down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, I sanctified to myself all the firstborn in Israel from man to beast. They shall be mine. I am the Lord. Then the Lord spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai, saying, Number the sons of Levi by their fathers' households, by their families. Every male from a month old and upward you shall number. So Moses numbered them according to the word of the Lord, just as he had been commanded. These, then, are the sons of Levi by their names, Gershon and Kohath and Merari. These are the names of the sons of Gershon by their families, Libni and Shimei, and the sons of Kohath by their families, Amram and Izhar, Hebron and Uziel, and the sons of Merari by their families, Mali and Mushi. These are the families of the Levites according to their fathers' households. Of Gershon was the family of the Libnites and the family of the Shimeites. These were the families of the Gershonites. Their numbered men, in the numbering of every male from a month old and upward, even their numbered men were 7,500. The families of the Gershonites were to camp behind the tabernacle westward, and the leader of the father's households of the Gershonites was Eliasaph, the son of Lael. Now the duties of the sons of Gershon in the tent of meeting involved the tabernacle and the tent, its covering and the screen for the doorway of the tent of meeting, and the hangings of the court, and the screen for the doorway of the court, which is around the tabernacle, and the altar, and its cords, according to all the service concerning them. Of Kohath was the family of the Amramites, and the family of Isharites, and the family of the Hebronites, and the family of the Uzielites. These were the families of the Kohathites. In the numbering of every male from a month old and upward, there were 8,600, performing the duties of the sanctuary. The families of the sons of Kohath were to camp on the southward side of the tabernacle, and the leader of the father's households of the Kohathite families was Elizaphon, the son of Uziel. Now their duties involved the ark, the table, the lampstand, the altars, and the utensils of the sanctuary with which they minister, and the screen, and all the service concerning them. And Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, was the chief of the leaders of Levi, and had the oversight 
of those who performed the duties of the sanctuary. Of Merari was the family of the Malites and the family of the Mushites. These were the families of Merari. 1 Samuel 22, 1-23, 9 So David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Adullam. Soon his brothers and all his relatives joined him there. Then others began coming, men who were in trouble or in debt or who were just discontented, until David was the captain of about 400 men. Later David went to Mizpah in Moab, where he asked the king, Please allow my father and mother to live here with you until I know what God is going to do for me. So David's parents stayed in Moab with the king during the entire time David was living in his stronghold. One day the prophet Gad told David, Leave the stronghold and return to the land of Judah. So David went to the forest of Hereth. The news of his arrival in Judah soon reached Saul. At the time, the king was sitting beneath the tamarisk tree on the hill at Gabeah, holding his spear and surrounded by his officers. Listen here, you men of Benjamin, Saul shouted to his officers when he heard the news. Has that son of Jesse promised every one of you fields and vineyards? Has he promised to make you all generals and captains in his army? Is that why you have conspired against me? For not one of you told me when my own son made a solemn pact with the son of Jesse. You're not even sorry for me. Think of it, my own son, encouraging him to kill me, as he is trying to do this very day. Then Dog, the Edomite, who was standing there with Saul's men, spoke up. When I was at Nob, he said, I saw the son of Jesse talking to the priest, Ahimelech, son of Ahitub. Ahimelech consulted the Lord for him. Then he gave him food and the sword of Goliath, the Philistine. King Saul immediately sent for Ahimelech and all his family, who served as priests at Nob. When they arrived, Saul shouted at him, Listen to me, you son of Ahitub. What is it, my king? Ahimelech asked. Why have you and the son of Jesse conspired against me? Saul demanded. Why did you give him food and a sword? Why have you consulted God for him? Why have you encouraged him to kill me, as he is trying to do this very day? But, sir, Ahimelech replied, Is anyone among all your servants as faithful as David, your son-in-law? Why, he is the captain of your bodyguard and a highly honored member of your household. This was certainly not the first time I had consulted God for him. May the king not accuse me and my family in this matter, for I knew nothing at all of any plot against you. You will surely die, Ahimelech, along with your entire family, the king shouted. And he ordered his bodyguards, Kill these priests of the Lord, for they are allies and conspirators with David. They knew he was running away from me, but they didn't tell me. But Saul's men refused to kill the Lord's priests. Then the king said to Doeg, You do it. So Dog the Edomite turned on them and killed them that day, eighty-five priests in all, still wearing their priestly garments. Then he went to Nob, the son of the priests, and killed the priests' families, men and women, children and babies, and all the cattle, donkeys, sheep, and goats. Only Abiathar, one of the sons of Ahimelech, escaped and fled to David. 
When he told David that Saul had killed the priests of the Lord, David exclaimed, I knew it. When I saw Dog the Edomite there that day, I knew he was sure to tell Saul. Now I have caused the death of all your father's family. Stay here with me and don't be afraid. I will protect you with my own life, for the same person wants to kill us both. One day news came to David that the Philistines were at Keilah stealing grain from the threshing floors. David asked the Lord, Should I go and attack them? Yes, go and save Keilah, the Lord told him. But David's men said, We're afraid even here in Judah. We certainly don't want to go to Keilah to fight the whole Philistine army. So David asked the Lord again, and again the Lord replied, Go down to Keilah, for I will help you conquer the Philistines. So David and his men went to Keilah. They slaughtered the Philistines and took all their livestock and rescued the people of Keilah. Now when Abiathar, son of Ahimelech, fled to David at Keilah, he brought the ephod with him. Saul soon learned that David was at Keilah. Good, he exclaimed, we've got him now. God has handed him over to me, for he has trapped himself in a walled town. So Saul mobilized his entire army to march to Keilah and besiege David and his men. But David learned of Saul's plan and told Abiathar the priest to bring the ephod and ask the Lord what he should do. Then David prayed, O Lord, God of Israel, I have heard that Saul is planning to come and destroy Keilah, because I am here. Will the leaders of Keilah betray me? And will Saul actually come as I have heard? O Lord, God of Israel, please tell me. And the Lord said, He will come. Again David asked, Will the leaders of Keilah betray me and my men to Saul? And the Lord replied, Yes, they will betray you. So David and his men, about six hundred of them now, left Keilah and began roaming the countryside. Word soon reached Saul that David had escaped, so he didn't go to Keilah after all. David now stayed in the strongholds of the wilderness and in the hill country of Ziph. Saul hunted him day after day, but God didn't let Saul find him. One day, near Horesh, David received the news that Saul was on the way to Zip to search for him and kill him. Jonathan went to find David and encouraged him to stay strong in his faith in God. Don't be afraid, Jonathan reassured him. My father will never find you. You are going to be the king of Israel, and I will be next to you as my father, Saul is well aware. So the two of them renewed their solemn pact before the Lord. Then Jonathan returned home, while David stayed at Horesh. But now the men of Ziph went to Saul in Gabeah and betrayed David to him. We know where David is hiding, they said. He is in the strongholds of Horesh, on the hill of Hakalah, which is in the southern part of Jeshimon. Come down whenever you are ready, O king, and we will catch him and hand him over to you. The Lord bless you, Saul said. At last someone is concerned about me. Go and check again to be sure of where he is staying and who has seen him there, for I know that he is very crafty. Discover his hiding places and come back where you are sure, when you are sure. Then I'll go with you. And if he is in the area at all, I'll track him down, even if I have to search every hiding place in Judah. So the men of Ziph returned home ahead of Saul. 
Meanwhile, David and his men had moved into the wilderness of Maon in the Arabah Valley south of Jeshimon. When David heard that Saul and his men were searching for him, he went even farther into the wilderness to the great rock, and he remained there in the wilderness of Maon. But Saul kept after him in the wilderness. Saul and David were now on opposite sides of a mountain. Just as Saul and his men began to close in on David and his men, an urgent message reached Saul that the Philistines were raiding Israel again. So Saul quit chasing David and returned to fight the Philistines. Ever since that time, the place where David was camped has been called the Rock of Escape. David then went to live in the strongholds of En Gedi. John 10, 1-21 I, Yeshua, tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Those who heard Yeshua use this illustration didn't understand what he meant, so he explained it to them. I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pasture. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. I am the Good Shepherd. I know my own sheep, and they know me, just as my Father knows me, and I know the Father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep, too, that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock with one shepherd. The Father loves me, because I sacrifice my life so I may take it back again. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily, for I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also to take it up again, for this is what my Father has commanded me. When he said these things, the people were again divided in their opinions about him. Some said he's demon-possessed and out of his mind, Why listen to a man like that? Others said, This doesn't sound like a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Psalm 115, 1-18 
Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name goes all the glory for your unfailing love and faithfulness. Why let the nations say, Where is their God? Our God is in the heavens, and he does as he wishes. Their idols are merely things of silver and gold shaped by human hands. They have mouths but cannot speak, and eyes but cannot see. They have ears but cannot hear, and noses but cannot smell. They have hands but cannot feel, and feet but cannot walk, and throats but cannot make a sound. And those who make idols are just like them, as are all who trust in them. O Israel, trust the Lord. He is your helper and your shield. O priests, descendants of Aaron, trust the Lord. He is your helper and your shield. All you who fear the Lord, trust the Lord. He is your helper and your shield. The Lord remembers us and will bless us. He will bless the people of Israel and bless the priests, the descendants of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both great and lowly. May the Lord richly bless both you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. The heavens belong to the Lord, but he has given the earth to all humanity. The dead cannot sing praises to the Lord, for they have gone into the silence of the grave. But we can praise the Lord both now and forever. Praise the Lord. Proverbs 15, 18 and 19 A hot-tempered person starts a fight. A cool-tempered person stops them. A lazy person's way is blocked with briars, but the path of the upright is an open highway. I want to speak to you today from 1 Samuel chapter 22 and 23, and then we're going to jump into John chapter 10. And in 1 Samuel 22, what we see, I love it. We see how David always inquires of the Lord before making a move. And that shows humility. His strength comes from the humility of being dependent upon the Lord and receiving his direction and his um, marching orders from the Lord. And so David is on the run. He's running away from Saul. Saul is trying to kill him. He took refuge with um, Ahimelech, the priest, in Nob. And now Saul is tracking him down. And Saul has Ahimelech murdered, along with his entire family. So David runs to Keilah. And in chapter 23, verse 2, it is written, David asked the Lord, should I go and attack them? And the Lord tells him, yes, go and save Keilah. So the Lord directs him, yes, go to Keilah, save them. And then in verse 4, so David asked the Lord again, and again the Lord replied, go down to Keilah, for I will help you conquer the Philistines. So he is a man of prayer, and he knows how to hear the voice of the Lord. Now, this is very important. We can hear the voice of the Lord through the scriptures, yes. The scriptures are one way that he communicates with us. But another way that he communicates with us is in prayer. And I'm not talking about where you're doing all the talking and the petitioning, 
but listening prayer where you're asking and you're seeking and you're inquiring and you're waiting to hear from him. This is an important skill to develop. And one way to develop it is to do prayer journaling. And in prayer journaling, you write down your prayers of what's on your heart. And when you're done getting everything down on paper, you get quiet and you get still. Don't have any distractions. You should be in your prayer closet and wait. And he will speak to your heart by his spirit. And whatever he speaks to your heart, write it down. This helps you to develop hearing the voice of the Lord. It's not necessarily going to be an audible voice, but it's going to be kind of a quiet little whisper in your spirit. And what you hear, you are to write down. This is how you can develop the art of listening prayer and to hear from the Lord. So continuing on with David. Verse 9. David learned of Saul's plan. That is, Saul find out. He found out that David and his men are in Keilah. And now he's mounting up a team to go in and execute them. And so in verse 9, David learned of Saul's plan and told Abiathar the priest to bring the ephod and ask the Lord what he should do. And then David prayed, O Lord, God of Israel, I have heard that Saul is planning to come and destroy Keilah because I am here. Will the leaders of Keilah betray me to him? And will Saul actually come as I have heard? O Lord, God of Israel, please tell me. And the Lord said, He will come. And again David asked, Will the leaders of Keilah betray me and my men to Saul? And the Lord replied, Yes, they will betray you. So even after David has come to Keilah and defended them and and protected them from the onslaught and the attack of the Philistines, now they are getting ready to betray him. And the Lord has saved David's life because David inquired of the Lord. And we are living in days, beloved, where there will be people who will betray you and me. There will be brother against sister, mother against son, three against two in the same family. Deep betrayal is coming. And we need to be innocent as a dove, but wise as a serpent. And we need to be inquiring of the Lord because it could save your life. It could save my life. It could save major catastrophe and disaster if we take time to wait and listen and inquire of the Lord. So Saul did indeed come after him, but David had left Keilah. And David escaped. So may we develop more and more that listening prayer that David had that we hear the voice of the Lord, that we are led by his spirit. We are living in perilous times. We are living in the times of 2 Timothy chapter 3. We are living in days, we're living in the days of 2 Timothy chapter 3, where it says, but realize this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. Men will be lovers of self, Lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, 
disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossipers, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. From such, turn away. We're living in those days, beloved. We need discernment and we need to hear the voice of the Lord through listening prayer. Now I want to jump into John chapter 10. And Yeshua here is revealing himself to his disciples and he's telling them some, giving them some pictures about himself. And in verse, in chapter 10, verse 7, he says, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers. I am the gate. He goes on to say in verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And he goes on to say, I am the good shepherd in verse 14. I know my sheep and they know me just as my father knows me and I know the father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. Now there's another passage that talks about this good shepherd, and it's in Ezekiel chapter 34. So Yeshua said in John 10 that the shepherds who came before him were robbers and thieves, and they were simply hired hands, and they didn't care at all about the sheep. But in Ezekiel chapter 34, he describes these other shepherds who precede him, and then it looks into the future to the future good shepherd, uh, who is Yeshua, who is revealed to us in John chapter 10. So let's look into Ezekiel chapter 34, because these two chapters are closely connected. And I'm going to start in chapter 34 and verse 10, where it says, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will demand my sheep from them, and make them cease from feeding sheep. So the shepherds will not feed themselves any more, but I will deliver my flock from their mouth, so that they will not be food for them. So these shepherds, being described, are eating the sheep. What does that look like? Well, I'm thinking about the pandemic and how so many big megachurches shut down while Walmart was open and liquor stores were open. The churches shut down. Oh, but the show must go on. And so they went onto YouTube and they had streaming performances. The show must go on. Oh, and don't forget to donate. Click here to put your tithe here. And so they're feeding themselves from the flock. Now, I'm not saying that a person who's teaching the Word of God and who's sharing the Gospel should not get paid for their time and their labor and their effort. But I'm talking about a different kind of a shepherd here that is feeding themselves from the flock and literally eating the sheep. 
Verse 11, For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd cares for his herd in the day when he is among his scattered sheep, so I will care for my sheep and will deliver them from all the places to which they were scattered on a cloudy and gloomy day. Now that is a remez hint that is speaking about the day of the Lord. And the day of the Lord is talking about the time known as Jacob's trouble, the great tribulation period. So it's a future period. We're getting close to it, though. Verse 13, I will bring them out from the peoples, and I will gather them from the countries and bring them to their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, by the streams and in all the inhabited places of the land. So, this is future prophetic, our hint, our big sign that this is talking about the greater exodus to come, is when he's talked about the cloudy and gloomy day, that is referencing the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord is the great tribulation, it's also when the greater exodus happens. He goes on to say in verse 14, I will feed them in a good pasture and their grazing ground will be on the mountain heights of Israel. Now, that's also known today as the West Bank or biblical Judea and Samaria. There they will lie down on good grazing ground and feed in rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I will feed my flock and I will lead them to rest declares the Lord. I will seek the lost and bring back the scattered and bind up the broken and strengthen the sick. But the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them with judgment. I'm going to jump down to verse 20. Therefore, thus says the Lord God to them, Behold, I, even I, will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep, because you push with side and with shoulder, and thrust at all the weak with your horns until you have scattered them abroad. Therefore, I will deliver my flock, and they will no longer be a prey, and I will judge between one sheep and another. Then I will set over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will feed them. He will feed them himself, and he will be their shepherd. So this reverent, this reference, my servant David, is a reference, it's a remez hint pointing us to Yeshua. Yeshua was of the lineage of David. So we have Ruth, and then Obed, and then Jesse, and then David, and all the way down until we get to Joseph, and Yeshua is of that lineage, and he is the lineage of David. And so, verse 28, They will no longer be a prey to the nations, and the beasts of the earth will not devour them, and they will live securely, and no one will make them afraid. I will establish for them a renowned planting place, and they will not again be victims of famine in the land, and they will not endure the insults of the nations any more. Then, They will know that I, the Lord their God, am with them, and that they, the house of Israel, are my people, declares the Lord God. So this is all future prophetic. And I was just looking in the news today. We are truly living in another great depression. It is becoming absolutely oppressive and 
extremely harsh and difficult to make ends meet in the United States. There are so many homeless people now. I read a news story of a line of two miles of people living in RVs on the side of the road in Marin County, just north of San Francisco. They are living in their RVs and they're parked on the side of the road. And this goes on for two miles. Now, I'm not talking about people that are addicted to crack and meth and heroin and and they're homeless through their own self-destruction. I'm talking about people that can't afford a mortgage can't afford the rent of 18 or $1,900 a month for a little one-bedroom cracker box apartment in the Seattle or Portland or San Francisco area, and maybe it's even higher in San Francisco. And so people are really struggling to survive in this economy with the high food prices, the high gas prices. More and more people are going to food banks and are applying for food stamps. And it, it it's an upside-down economy. People are really, really struggling. And so Yeshua is saying he sees the lean sheep. There's not going to be any more shame, no more disgrace. He's going to gather them, bring them to the mountains of Israel, feed them, care for them, provide for them. He's going to do this. So we're going through the prelude, the prepping the prelude that leads to the greater exodus. And it's tough. It's very hard to make it right now. Very difficult, very challenging, very difficult to make it right now. You have to really pray and be led by the Holy Spirit on how to make the ends meet. So Yeshua is truly our good shepherd, and he is going to gather his scattered sheep. Many, many people during the pandemic, they stopped attending church. And for good reason, not just because they shuttered and closed their doors, because I believe that during that pandemic, what God was doing was taking down structures and raising up new structures. He was casting out the old wineskins that can't hold the new wine and raising up new wineskins that can hold the new wine. So the old structures that shut down and maybe never reopened, or they reopened, but they don't have nearly the number of people attending anymore. Those old structures are being taken down because, again, are these shepherds feeding themselves and not feeding the flock? And are they just robbers and thieves and they're just a hired a hired person, and they don't really actually love the sheep and lay down their life for the sheep. So here is an important principle. If you're wondering, where can I go? Well, maybe go nowhere. Stay home. Go online and listen to some great teacher teachers online. Listen to the worship music online. Go to a home group. Ask the Lord to lead you to a small home group. Ask him where you should go. And be guided by this principle. And I heard this in my prayer closet some time ago. What he whispered to me was, Laura, go where the love is. And if you don't sense and see and experience the love of Yeshua, 
at the current congregation where you are going, if they only meet for an hour and a half or two hours once a week, and that's all. And once the service is over, everybody just runs out to go take care of their roast at home or go get their grocery shopping done or whatever else they do, watch football. And there isn't real, authentic relationship happening. And if it's devoid of love, that's not the place to be. The place to be is where the love of Yeshua is freely flowing amongst the people. And if it means you need to take a break from going to church for a little while and just stay home and shelter in with him, then so be it. God is doing a great shaking in the churches. There is so much compromise and so much uh, departure from the word and so much departure from the, the word and from the Holy Spirit. He is doing a great shaking right now. And I'm, I'm reminded of the scripture that says in Isaiah, go indoors and shut your door and remain inside until my wrath has passed over you. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Shalom. Adonai The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.